and welcome to the AMIP podcast. I'm your host, Lacey Wise. Today's episode, we're looking at International Women in Engineering Day, which is an awareness campaign that takes place in July, which raises the profile of women in engineering and focuses attention on the amazing career opportunities that are available to women and girls in this industry. For AMIP, of course, we're looking at the crossover between the engineer's expertise and manufacturing every day. For this episode, we actually identified two female individuals. They're able to recognize their problems within their manufacturing facilities and then dare to transform manufacturing workplaces, culture, and outcomes for a better world. First up, we have Darian Stancell, who is an innovation engineer at Influx here in Cincinnati. So Darian, can you tell me a little bit about your background? Um, Yes. So I actually went to Pittsburgh State University in Pittsburgh, Kansas. Go gorillas. I got a plastics engineering degree there. Right out of school, I came to Influx, which is a wholly owned subsidiary of P&G here in Cincinnati. And I've been here for the past four years. So the first three years here, I was in um, the processing group as a process engineer. So I would travel to customer sites and help them with our smart technology. Um, and then for the past year, I've been in R&D as an innovation engineer. So um, jobs looked a little different, but I'm still helping customers. But it's a little more of a sustainability focus, uh, especially focusing on sustainable resin and um, things like that. So how do you feel like your work as an engineer makes a difference in, you know, the customers or really going forward? Well, so right now it's honestly awesome because it I feel like we're making a lot of difference because I know you see everywhere, you know, sustainability goals by certain years. So we have a lot of customers that um, are taking advantage. We have an adaptive technology and they're taking advantage of that so that they can do more replacements, use PCRs, PIRs, even biodegradable, things like that. So I feel like we are making an impact and it'll help for the future, you know, so it's pretty it's a pretty cool job. So what is what would you say is your favorite part of your job? So um, probably a few different things. Um, first, I'm really lucky to work where I work. I work with a lot of experts, I would call them. So I a lot of different engineers from different backgrounds. So it's some we always joke that it's like drinking water through a fire hose, but in the best way. So you get to learn a lot here. As far as my everyday job. I think just getting presented with challenges and then having to take those like head on. My job's never boring. So it's cool to constantly, it, you're constantly learning, you're constantly adapting. Um, so yeah, it's a, that's probably my favorite. So prior to going into this career in engineering, did you have any noteworthy mentors or experiences that got you interested in this field? I would say throughout all of life, I've had mentors, even even if they're unspoken versus spoken. I mean, my mom was probably one of the biggest influences as far as pushing me towards um, engineering. But then, I mean, through school, I had a professor that I probably it was difficult to get a plastics degree while also being a collegiate athlete. And he was the one that would come in on off time and help me make up labs or make up like classes, you know, so it's people like that, that I think that have really helped push me um, and help me. But now in the industry, I feel like I'm, like I said, I'm surrounded by so many people that I'm learning from. And then I also have spoken mentors that I've, I participate in the um, SBE uh, mentorship programs. I've learned a lot through that as well. So what advice would you have for those who may be interested in going into engineering? 
So I think the one thing that really helped give me the extra push, I was kind of interested in it in college. And then I actually went and I talked to the professors and I uh, did a general plastics class. And that is just what absolutely pulled me in. So if you even think you are slightly interested, I think that you need to pursue it and talk to people that are in the field or just like figure out what it's about, because that's when you'll know, right? Like that's kind of what reeled me in was, oh, wow, this is actually really cool. And I'm actually very passionate about it. And when you're passionate about something, you go for it, right? So that's, that would be my advice. Well, and I know a lot of people who have gone into engineering say, you know, you take a lot of kind of STEM foundations and you use those, you know, with science, technology and math and kind of bringing relevance to those. So how is engineering different or maybe complementary from those subjects? So I think that those are subjects that sometimes seem overwhelming, like from the outside looking in. But I think that it's just one of those things that everybody uses them in everyday life, right? And it's just taking those subjects and applying them to solve those problems that we're faced with on a daily basis. Sometimes you use them and you don't even realize you're using them. It becomes like a second nature, right? So I definitely wouldn't uh, let them overwhelm you. Just like I said, when you're passionate about something, things come a lot easier than you think they will. Definitely. Yeah. So what reservations for for women who are looking to go into engineering? I know that there's a lot of reservations regarding, you know, it being a male dominated field. Do you find that intimidating at all? Is it more of a motivator for you? Or what what commentary do you have on that? I definitely, um, I understand completely that it can be intimidating. I do, especially coming right out of college. I not only was a woman, but I was also young. And I usually was one of the only women in the room. I'm lucky enough to work at a company that I have a lot of female engineers here, but I know not everyone is as lucky. But I think that my best advice would be like, don't go into a room and automatically just think about the fact that they're all going to be thinking about the fact that you're a woman or they're all going to be thinking about the fact that you're young. Go into the room with the confidence that you have a different perspective because I that is one thing I think is vital right now is that different perspectives are what's going to make the best collaboration, right? So go in your room and just know that you have a different perspective and that you're eager to learn and like just be humble in the fact that you might not know everything and that's okay, right? So just try to like not focus or think that people are going to look at you differently. Um, Cause I feel like that is sometimes a lot of it is that you can lose your confidence because you think, you know, and they might not be thinking that that would be my advice is just don't let it, or tr- I know it's easier said than done, but try not to let it uh, intimidate you when you go into those situations. That's what I've worked towards trying to do. <laughs> Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I think for me, I mean, manufacturing as a whole in the industry, you know, it it is perceived as very male dominated. But the more diversity that we have, the more input that we can get from different people and different perspectives, for sure, just makes it a better place and a better industry as a whole. So, you know, the more that we're innovating and doing different things, it really does help with progression and technologies and really anything that comes out of manufacturing facilities. And I mean, it it has a huge impact on the local economy here regionally in Cincinnati. There's so many different, you know, employers and companies that are doing different things. So with Influx, can you tell me a little bit about, you know, where they sit in the manufacturing industry and are they hiring only engineering majors? Are there other pathways within Influx? 
So um, Influx is a little unique because we are we have a mold building center, but then we also have uh, smart technology. So we kind of have two different avenues here. We, we do hire a good deal of engineers, but we have also um, partnered with local trade schools and we're working on um, kind of elevating the employee experience, right? So that you can like work your way up so that you don't necessarily have to have this specific degree, but we bring you along and mentor you and bring you up to the level of whatever goal or level that you want to be at. So I would not necessarily say that all engineers by any means, especially in the mold building. We have a lot of um, machinists and things like that. So it's an awesome place to come and learn. And my last question is, if you could be in any other industry, what would you be in? That's really hard because I honestly have a big heart for the plastics industry. Uh, it's just, it's really unique, really, because you're surrounded by everything. Like there's just, it's such a small world. I have a creative side, so I would probably go a completely different avenue, <laughs> like a wedding planner. Or <laughs> I, My teachers used to always say that I had the weirdest brain because it's like half of me is engineer and then the other half of me is like a chef. Maybe a weird answer, but an honest one. <laughs> I'll, I'll take honesty over everything. Yeah, I think there is a level of creativity in plastics for sure, because, you know, in the design process, when you're making these molds or trying to figure out, you know, which cavities need to be filled first and everything else. I mean, you never know what you're going to get. And it's funny because, you know, I talk to people all the time in the plastics industry and it's almost like, you know, you can go into a store and you know where it's manufactured or who makes it. And, you know, you you go into these different things and you're looking for mold gates and you're looking for, you know, you never know. Yeah. And it's like a a game of I spy almost in the plastics industry. So, that's 100% how I feel too. I mean, I'm more a creative side. I didn't, my background is not engineering, but I feel like there are aspects of my job where I talk to engineers every single day. And those subject matter experts, yeah, I feel like they're way smarter than me. You know, we can't judge a fish by its ability to climb a tree. So, you know, they're not going to be able to do my job, but I can't do theirs either. So that's really awesome. I think um, I always knew I would end up in engineering because I really, I always thought, or even when I was little, that I would be a civil engineer but then I went to college for athletics and they didn't have civil engineering so that's when my mom kind of encouraged me like I think you need to look into this plastics engineering because it's not super especially at the time like it was not super well known but best decision I ever made and I love I love to hear about your passion and everything else that comes with you know your degree and your experience at Influx yeah well thank you so much for joining us today yeah thanks for having me Our next guest is Emily Pyatt, who is a mechanical design engineer at Cincinnati Incorporated. Welcome, Emily. Can you give us a little bit about your background? Yeah, so um, I'm originally from Columbus, kind of grew up up in Columbus all my life, and uh, then decided to go to the University of Cincinnati for college and went into engineering there. From there, I started working at Cincinnati Incorporated, and that's where I work now. I work as a mechanical design engineer in our CNC table products department, which is basically anything that, like, if you think of CNC as, like, moving back and forth, and our other departments are um, press brakes, which bend metals. So they, they're, their machines kind of move up and down, and ours move back and forth. So I mainly work in our additive department with all our new 
additive technology, uh, 3D printing, like mostly large scale 3D printing. Basically, we're talking about some smaller scale desktop printers, but we're talking about printers the size of the, your room, basically. So, nice. so it's a yeah, a cool department. <laughs> Being in the manufacturing manufacturing industry, how do you think it makes a difference? Well, I, I think manufacturing is a cool industry in general because every every product you see, every everything can be sourced back to the manufacturing process. So if you're trying to do something that changes the world, you could make a product that, that changes a small part. But when you look at manufacturing, you're looking at changing the whole process and you could be changing so many different aspects of products that are out in the world today. I think that that part is pretty exciting. I think it's kind of funny because when I was in college, I never thought I would end up in manufacturing. I was like, oh, it's it's boring. It's all just machinery. You don't get to make the end product. But when um, you actually get out in industry and you work in manufacturing, it's just that part's exciting because you have your hands in so many different things. You can see what all your customers are doing out in the field. And if you were just working on one end product, you'd almost be stuck in one area, I think. Yeah. And I think with COVID, if, if it taught us anything, it taught us just kind of how versatile some of the manufacturing, you know, companies and organizations there are and, you know, how they can turn and switch on a dime and make something else. Or many of them make so many different things. And it's all about, you know, just overall capacity and how much can we put out, you know, based on, like you said, the supply chain and Manufacturing to me is a very small world, so I completely understand. Um, did you have any, you know, noteworthy mentors or any specific experiences that kind of led you to this career, either either in engineering or how you even ended up in manufacturing? I think in elementary school, we always had there was every year we had this thing called invention convention, which was like you could come up with any kind of crazy product you wanted, and I'm pretty sure I did it every single year, first through eighth grade. And so at the beginning, it's kind of like, oh, you made a board game or something that is a little goofy. But as you get older, you can kind of see like how you get more into it. Innovation kind of changes, like what areas you want to innovate change. And then I think what really solidified engineering for me was I was on a Lemelson MIT invent team in high school. One of our math teachers applied for a grant to make a page turner for someone with limited hand mobility, so they couldn't turn pages very well, but they love to read. So our job was basically to make a prototype of a page turner for her. So working with her throughout the process and getting to see how that helped her. And I think that kind of introduced me to 3D printing because we had a lot of small parts on it that um, couldn't we couldn't really make traditionally because we didn't have a lot of equipment at our school, um, but we did have a printer. So I was able to work with that a lot. And then that got me more interested in just additive manufacturing in general. And it's still such a new industry that it's just changing all the time. I, I just love the excitement about it. Yeah. And I love that, you know, you had such kind of unique opportunities to STEM learning so how do you use, you know, science, technology, math, you know, all of those subjects, right, to bring relevance to your everyday life or what your responsibilities are? 
engineering in general has you you do a lot of math and science in what you're doing. So with with additive, it's a lot of uh, more material science and you know how we get every layer in our additive process to stick to each other because we're we're dealing with basically melted plastics and we want them to be able to be hot enough that they can stick to each other but cool enough that we're not oozing all over the place a lot of material science goes into that and then just for process developments in general there's a lot of technical thinking behind you know how you get from start to finish in a process how you improve that process what you need to do to make it better a lot of creative thinking too i think so for our listeners if you don't mind can you talk about additive manufacturing a little bit what it is so you know maybe give me an example of a product that consumers would see pretty regularly like a toothbrush or some other items that would be made through additive manufacturing okay yeah so i guess if you if you think about day-to-day objects that you have around the house like if you're building a birdhouse or something and you have to drill holes or cut apart cut a part of it off that that's what we call subtractive manufacturing additive you're working backwards basically. So you're building something from the ground up. So instead of um, taking a big block and turning it into, I don't know, a a computer mouse or or say something like that, Mm -hmm. um, instead you're building it from from the ground up and printing it layer by layer. So what advice do you have for young people or even young women looking towards an engineering career? I would say just be curious. I think a lot of, my drive to be an engineer was just stemmed from my curiosity for how things work. I know a lot of people say that, you know, what what got them into engineering, they always played with Legos when they were younger. They loved like putting everything together and following directions. I I was a little bit different and didn't like the step-by-step putting Legos together and everything. I was always curious about how things worked. And I, I got myself in trouble one too many times for just taking random things in the house apart <laughs> to see what was inside. So uh, I just in- encourage everyone, like, if if there's something that you want to learn more about, find some opportunities, find some camp, maybe STEM camps, maybe engineering camps specifically, just whatever you're curious about, just delve into that. Right. So what is what would you say is your favorite part of your job today? Oh, wow. Um, my favorite part of my job is probably it's such, I, I think I talked about this before, it's such a growing industry, additive manufacturing. Every year it's something new, something changing. There's just this constant development process that we're not set in stone and, and making like small improvements to our machine. We kind of are making huge changes that can define where this technology is going to go in the next few years. So it's, I I think it's just cool to be part of something kind of on the ground level and getting to kind of see where it goes. All right. So Emily, can you tell me a little bit about how you spend your workday? Yeah. So with Cincinnati Incorporated is kind of a smaller company. So I would say we don't really have a typical workday just because one day could be you know, down in the shop working with um, assemblers, trying to fix any issues they have. Another day you could be out at a customer dealing with some field issues, trying to fix some stuff in the field. And another day you could be sitting behind a desk and 
working on designing a new product. So it, it's kind of kind of cool. You get to see a wide range of daily tasks that way. Absolutely. So your company, Cincinnati Incorporated, you know, do they offer opportunities, you know, that you know of for students to come in and shadow or take some kind of tour or what types of undergraduate students or even, you know, career pathways are there for somebody who might be interested? We we don't usually pe have people come shadow, but we always let people come tour our facilities. We have what we call our customer productivity center. It's like our showroom with all our machines in it. So we definitely like to give people tours of our buildings, kind of show them what a manufacturing environment is all about. Also, if you're going into engineering, we do have a co-op program for them. And a lot of our co-ops actually end up working here full time. So it's kind of our way to train up new employees that are really interested kind of just in manufacturing in general and improving our products. I mean, all of those types of programs, I know there's a ton of employers around here that do offer those co-op programs. And it's really great for, you know, students who are nearing kind of the towards the end of their degree, you know, they're making a decent wage doing those co-op programs. They're fulfilling, you know, their last few college credits or, you know, really getting that hand hands-on experience that, you know, even if they don't get hired by the company, which it sounds like for the most part at your company, they do, which is great but they at least have a little bit of real life experience under their belt so they can go somewhere else and take what they learned from that co-op. My last question would be, you know, what reservations could you debunk? Is there any reservations that I would have that you can say, you know what, like the class sizes are great or the stigma that it's all men going into this field. Do you have any, any commentary on that? I would say class sizes, especially for engineering are very small in general. I mean, maybe for a couple of intro classes, you'll be in a larger lecture hall, but depending if you have AP credits or whatnot, you might not even be in some of those larger classes. I think most of my classes were around 20, 30 people. You had a couple bigger ones that were maybe 100, but for the most part, pretty darn small. To address kind of the stigma thing, I think there is a lot of worry that going into a male-dominated field that you know, you won't be listened to, you won't fit in. But I think it's important for you to remember you shouldn't sell yourself short. So like if you think you're maybe you got into your program just because they needed more diversity or you got where you are because you deserve to be there and you deserve to be there just as much as all the men deserve to be there. When you're when you're in college, you're around people your own age and everyone's in it together trying to get to graduation. So it is a little scary at first when you walk in and you're like, I'm used to my classes being 50-50 men and women. And now, now all of a sudden I'm one of 10 out of 200 in, my, in a mechanical engineering class. So the best thing you can do is just stick with it. If you enjoy the subjects and you enjoy learning about engineering, don't, don't let that be the reason that you quit. I mean, and, you know, I mean, engineering is a really wide field. So, I mean, even taking a mechanical engineering class and realizing, hey, maybe this isn't for me. There's, you know, numerous other facets of engineering that still kind of work with the same mindset and the same kind of hands-on or the creative spaces or other pieces. I hope it gets better over time, and I think that it will. I think the, the best thing is to just keep moving. Absolutely. Just overall diversity and inclusion across manufacturing as a whole, 
um, as well as engineering. I mean, both of those are really considered kind of male dominated fields. And, you know, when you get everybody in a room together, I think it's just the collaboration that makes everything better. And well, and we have such a different perspective to, to give too. I, I think it's, especially in design, it's never a bad thing to have more opinions. It's great when you have a project that you pull people in from even different departments to show their perspective. Like, yeah, they're not all designers. They don't know all of the technical details, but the more ideas you can have, the better. So the more diversity you can have, the better also. Great advice. Well, thank you so much, Emily. Yeah, Yeah, no problem. This concludes today's episode. Thank you so much for joining for the AMIP podcast. As always, you can find a link to our website and other resources in the episode description. And if you're interested in getting in contact with our executive director, Sean Kelly, or any of the guests that were on today, be sure to share this episode with your network and help AMIP close the skills gap across the manufacturing industry.